Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich. And I'm Olivia Kane. And welcome to the Weekly Typographic. A podcast where we discuss our favorite type and design news from the week. Hey Micah! Hi Olivia! How are you doing? I am good. I am chipper. Feeling festive. How are you doing? I am feeling festive as well. I have a dark green turtleneck on and a bright red blanket across my lap. I'm looking out at snowy Chicago rooftops right now outside right. my window. Back home, visiting the fam. Yeah, just my mom and my dad. But it's it's been cozy. It's been nice. They've been cooking me lots of meals. I will be doing a drive-by hello with my grandma who turns 99 on Ooh, Saturday. That's a big number. Yeah. Dang. I just made a sign for our car that says Grandma Yo turns 99 today, <laughs> and we're going to drive around and and drive to all my family's houses in Chicago. Oh, that's sweet. Happy oh, birthday, cute. Grandma Yo. I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Micah, we got a really great finale for everything. <laughs> finale of 2020. I mean, like... That's pretty exciting, right? I, do you remember at the beginning of this year, we started calling everything season two, and then we like gave up in the middle? <laughs> like, I know. I don't, should this be like the end of season two? We stopped using the season oh. moniker, but it feels like the end of a season. Right? Right. A season finale, not a series finale. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't get upset. <laughs> In fact, we have a, a lot of fun stuff planned for next year, so the league is going to explode and it's going to be Absolutely. great for everybody and i guess it's a good time to say we are taking a little winter break we will not be here next week or the week after because we're chilling out so this is our last podcast of 2020 and because it's the last one we gathered some really great links that are our favorite share worthy links from this year so i think some of them are educational some of them are beautiful to look at a lot of them are really eye-opening definitely up there on our favorites of this year and i think we chose them because it's the season of giving so why don't you give your friends an awesome look into the title sequence of Uncut Gems. Or why don't you give them some beautiful jazz musician lettering to feast their eyes on or teach them a thing or two about type design with Oh No Type School. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. It's a little teaser of what we're going to be talking about. No, it's fun. So hopefully these are things that you remember if you've been with us all year. And if not, then like, here's some great new stuff that is worth sharing. And I think that's a cool topic. We were debating about like, you know, what would be a great finale topic. And this feels like it because so much of the league has been and is going to continue to be sharing educational stuff, sharing cool tools, sharing cool resources, and that's exactly what we are excited to highlight. But before we get into all that, since it's the end of the year, we kind of just wanted to give a little thank you. A, everybody out there who has been listening to the podcast this year, who's been reading the newsletter and like sticking with us, following us on Instagram and, and on Twitter, you know, we flip and do all this for you. And we're super grateful for all of that. And beyond that, there's a handful of very special individuals to us that have been there for us that have helped us out. So first, we want to say thanks to Hugo. Hugo has been awesome. He has been with us this entire time, this entire year. He's helped grow the newsletter immensely. He's helped with all of the content for the podcast and our emails and like, 
he's just been a darn heckin' trooper even when I forget to respond to emails and <laughs> don't actually email him when I say that I will. He's been awesome and super helpful. And you guys have all kind of gotten to appreciate his genius and handiwork behind the scenes. Totally. Our next thank you, I wanted to give a shout out to Candice. Candice was an awesome partner of ours that helped us write the dang book that's coming out soon. And that is Making Sense of Font Licensing. She really was key to writing it, to editing it, to making sure everything was really accessible. You know, guys, it's so important to have someone that's not in the design world to give you a good perspective of what makes sense and what is just like jarble jibble jargon <laughs> design jargon and so she was really crucial to helping us write the book and flip and finishing the book not to mention she's just fun to hang out with as we were working on it she's she's just a, a darn peach we've been texting about our shared love of watching supernatural that's that makes sense. <laughs> You're like, I have nothing to say to that. I've never seen that show. Who else? I, I want to give a special thank you to Thomas. Thomas Jockin, who's been an advisor and a friend and has been there for the league the last couple of years. And for me personally, too. So he's been instrumental in helping figure out what we should be doing with the league, actually work on it. You know, he's been an awesome help behind the scenes too. 100%. I always appreciate Thomas's input and support of everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to give a thank you to everyone that came on the show that we interviewed. That includes Daniel Nesbitt, includes Karen Chang, and includes Lynn Yoon. Thank you for also believing in us. And, you know, I'm so happy that we got to have really great conversations to enrich the design community as a whole. And then our members, that's definitely another one I wanted to shout out. Thank you to everyone that gives us money every month to keep this thing going and supporting us and believing in our mission. It really means a lot. Last tiny shout out. Thank you to our friends over at Adobe who were brave enough to sponsor this darn podcast. And we have been working with them for a while now, and we're really grateful to have our first legit long-term sponsor that has helped support making this podcast every week. Totally, totally. All right, with all that said, let's get into our first link. Heck yeah. This one's kind of fun. I literally just found this this morning because I think they just released it. And it's... It looks like it's called NAN Glyph Filters. NAN is actually a uh, programmer speak for not a number, which Ooh. is kind of like a weird half error that you sometimes get when you're like trying to do math on stuff that you're not allowed to do math on. And the reason I think it's called that is because what it is, is this open source repository of fonts, scripts that run in glyphs which is like our favorite mac app for editing fonts and creating fonts and then the output of running those scripts on those glyphs and what that comes out to is like this cool repository of really jangled weird you know crazy display fonts of things where like the letters come out looking like bubbles they come out distressed they come out dirty or looking like doodles or There's a really crazy one that I like called Glitch Pop, which is just like a weird assemblage of shapes in, you know, but it looks like the characters. And it's cool because all of this is open source. They give you these fonts that you can use. The fonts are open source, but also there's scripts that you can run on your own fonts and make 
weird versions of your own fonts. I think this is really cool. And I think it's like leading us to a future of experimental typography that we haven't really seen yet. So I'm really excited. There's a few that stand out to me. You know, a lot of these are really funky, but there are some that like I can spit out some use cases for a bunch of these. There's one that will make your type like a little bit dirty as if you put a distress filter on it. And if you're handy with glyphs, you can make that happen to whatever letter forms that you design within a matter of seconds. Like I think this is really helpful. And you know, there's one called a maze. And I was telling Micah before this in college, I like hand lettered lettering that looked like it was made of a maze. I've, I just knew this filter existed. I could just run it through some letter forms, have the same exact effect without, you know, all the labor. And I think it will really make experimenting just efficient and therefore more fun. Cause like, you're not putting as much labor and just like Bezier point making. Mm. Instead, you could just run this through your letter forms and could see what your letters look like if it had an 80s type of fade going on within it, or if your letter forms look like they were made from wet paint. This is so cool. I've never seen anything and, like this. Yeah, well, what's what's super neat about this is like, I feel like we've seen this in terms of like Photoshop filters and yes. like illustrator plugins and stuff where you can take a drawing and make a new drawing out of it and then like use that drawing in print or something like on a book cover. What's different about this is that you are spitting out a font that looks like all these shapes. That's still a vector font, like a normal font that assuming you're allowed to use, you could then turn chunk into wet paint or turn railway into a maze and use that on your website and in all of your branding because the font you can like pass around to designers and whatever that's kind of crazy and a weird twist it's so cool and you know if the if using the filter doesn't really seem quite like you're a cup of tea or you don't have glyphs you can download 28 fonts from this site that have the filter already applied to it and just see what it looks like play with them they're all open source modify them i think this is like really a special gift to the internet so cool so definitely want to share that with all your friends that you know are into programming or into design just love type also like you don't need a design program to play with these fonts it could be your little brother that wants to make a fun holiday card for someone I love that. I would totally have done that if I was so cool. Our next article is one that we shared, I think a few months ago, and it was one that really made an impact for me. And I think just gave me a lot of information that I felt like wasn't easily accessible previously. And this article is called When Fonts Fall. It's by designer typographer Marcin Witchery. And it's just a really deep, deep, deep dive into what happens when there's a character that you type out on your keyboard that is not available in the font and like how font fallbacks work. So I think the easiest way to describe this is sometimes we like put in an emoji on our end, maybe on the keyboard, and then it goes to the receiver and the receiver gets maybe a blank box, which is called tofu, which I love. <laughs> So like a little not defined box and why that happens and how that happens. And this is like super will take you down this nerdy wormhole, but is also really fascinating talking about history and maybe the future of how the technology for text is going to work. And at the end of the day, like understanding how these processes work, maybe not in minute detail, but in general, will kind of sharpen your knowledge and skills as a designer and a typesetter. Yeah, it's like a very approachable write-up of some of the otherwise 
crazy technical seeming stuff that goes into making a font. And mm-hmm. I think we, we hear about that from people all the time. You like write into the league saying like, I'm interested in making a font, but it seems crazy. Like there's a lot of detail that I just don't know what I don't know. And this is kind of a nice gentle introduction to one of those topics where it's like, hey, this is actually how glyphs work and how they map to the keyboard and what happens when you don't design a glyph. Totally. I think it touches a little bit on Unicode, which Mike, I've said I'd love to do like a deep dive into Unicode for the podcast one day to tell everyone all the nerdy facts about it. I think something that I can relate to is I always see on people's like Instagram or Twitter handles, they have like a different font that's not the Instagram or Twitter font. And it's like black letter or like weird, like, I don't know, italics that is not normal. And people will do it to kind of like stand out on their profile. And this explains like how that works and like why people are able to do it and like what trickery they do to make it happen in a very technical, detailed outline. So that's just like, it's just really fascinating. It's very Yeah, cool. this, is, this is one of those great like nerd alerts in an article. Yeah, that's exactly how it felt like. And a few of these for sure feel like that. Taking us to a little bit more of a broader look at type design is the Oh No Type School. And so... This is by James Edmondson, who runs the very much beloved Oh No Type Co. Foundry, which I love their their typefaces and everything that they do. And he created this school, but it's really kind of a guide to designing letter forms. And it's, you know, really accessible, really fun. He kind of has his own quirky twist on teaching type. He goes over lowercase, uppercase, all the way from A to Z, going over like the details of how to design a bowl in a lowercase A or where crossbars really go on uppercase letters in a way that I think is really just you know, helping type design become more accessible. And I was thinking like, even as a letterer, I could see like lettering artists really using these tips to help make their letters pop because they're still going to be designing letter forms. So anyone that's designing custom letter forms, even logo designers, I think can really use this. And it's really detailed and really fun. And I could just hang out here all day. I am so heckin' jealous of this thing. I mean, you know, you know this. And, And I'm also a big fan of James Edmondson and what is very cool is that all of this started from just tweeting random useful educational thoughts and then kind of compiled into this beautiful, it's almost, it feels like some kind of like interactive course that you're walking through, which of course makes me think I would kill to work with him on making a course for the league of like how to design letters, like take this fun kind of goofy approach that is like both detailed, but approachable. And, you know, I don't know, James, if you're listening, I mean, we obviously are going to interview you at some point and uh, you should probably think about how fun it would be to make a course together. I think that this is almost like, it just reaches this next level of inspiration coming from Ono Type Co. I don't know if all the listeners are familiar. They make really funky fonts, like beautiful, but really kind of there's quite a bit of like wild typefaces in their catalog that break a lot of rules that, you know, no one can even compare to because they have really their own sensibility. And to see him really break down the just core skeleton, I think is really important because I think type designers see really crazy fonts or like, oh, I want to make that. But then the most successful, you know, crazy, quote unquote, crazy fonts actually have a really great skeleton that it's rooted in and has this really great uh, system that they work with. And so to see someone that creates 
fonts that people are like, oh, I can only use that on display projects, break down really basic forms and rules, I think is like a next level inspiration for me. Mm, I do appreciate that too. And what's awesome is like the actual interface of this page, which, you know, it's not an app, so it's weird to call it an interface, but it is. It's like the tiny little details that are on the page, the captions, like the, the kind of bullet point review that is at the end of each letter is all this like super readable, very fantastically detailed typeface of theirs. When you look at that typeface huge, you're like, oh, this is a display typeface. It's so weird and, and quirky and like strange, strange little hiccups in this typeface. And then you look at it tiny and you're like, oh shoot, that's the same one that's so readable which really just goes to show you how knowledgeable they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm really excited about this resource. You know, the next time I'm ready to pick up designing a font, I'm definitely going to be coming here for part of that research. All right. Our next article, also a really exciting one that I remember talking about this fall that I wanted to kind of bring back to light because I thought it was so valuable was the peculiarities of typesetting Latin-based languages. And so this is from Philip Blazek from Type Together. And he talks about all the nitty gritty nuances that you have to keep in mind when you're designing for Latin-based languages. And so, you know, people might think that, oh, Spanish and French and German and English all look pretty similar in the way that they're typeset besides the accents. But there's actually a lot more nuance that comes into it. I mean, if you think about it, even the way that the French language signifies quotations in, in their typesetting is different than English or Spanish or a lot of the languages we're familiar with. And each place regionally, as well as language um, based, has their own quirks. Like even the way UK English does typesetting, I know that they're, instead of doing an M dash, they do a space N dash space, mm. or their inside quotes are double quotes and their outside quotes are single quotes, which would look really weird to our eyes. But I think like, again, this is one of those articles that will sharpen your knowledge and skills and make you like that much more prepared to be designing in multiple languages and help you understand like the nuance of each language. And one of the things I love is at the end here, there's sort of lots of cheat sheet style graphics that describe like, here's this language, here's letters that you need to know are important to this language. And it's enlightening, not just because like it's, it's enlightening because some of these, I didn't even know were languages like Faroese from the Faroe Islands. I didn't know they had their own language or like Greenlandic. I had no idea. And even like Irish is listed on this. And there's letters that are used when you're writing in Irish that you think, well, they speak English. So like, what's the difference? But there's a lot of history and culture in that language behind that, that you need to know, you need to be able to use these letters. And so that's really just like a painfully useful resource that is compiled here. Totally. And I think it's like important, even if you're designing type, because like the standard font has like what 255 characters at least and you do end up designing for languages that aren't going to be your native language like I think I've designed Icelandic characters and even the way French quotations work I think is what they're called I always butcher the pronunciation but it's good to know that they're actually being used as quotation marks then you have to think about the spacing on each side of the character and you know you don't want it to feel like disjointed from whatever letters it's around so understanding this sort of context I think will be really handy which hearing about this probably on this podcast if you're not like looking at this article 
it probably just adds to that feeling of like, oh, type design is so scary. There's so much detail to it. How am I ever going to be able to think of all of that? And the beauty of articles like this is you bookmark it. You don't have to know it on the first pass. You can like, you know, first pass can be the the not a number glyphs and like messing around and making distressed fonts. Second pass is, you know, designing for the letters that you do know and keeping in mind that article we were just talking about, about fallback letters, you know? Mm-hmm. And then third pass, as you're like getting more comfortable, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start tackling some some letters that I'm less familiar with. And you like have these resources bookmarked so that as you progress in learning and learn a little bit more and can take on some tiny new challenge to up your skills just a tiny bit from where you were a few months ago, you have this bookmarked. You can look at it. You can learn like this crazy detail when you're ready to learn it. 100%. And I think like that's why I love sharing all these resources. And then it's really valuable even like looking back at all the resources at the end of the year and I'm picking these out. I'm like, wow, we have so many great things that I really should be referencing more often than I do. Incredible. Our next article here might not be as meaty in the length of the article, but is way meaty in the visuals here that you'll be (laughs) seeing. And this is Reagan Ray's jazz musician lettering, which is just a gorgeous compilation of like funky type that is, has been used for jazz musicians in the past, including Ella Fitzgerald, Dinah Washington. It's all vintage, but a lot of these look really timeless. And once again, I just like get so much inspiration from stuff like this. That's the thing. It's like inspiration is such an important piece. I look at this and I start thinking, you know what? I'm going to mess around on my next project. I'm going to like do something a little different than I used to and reference some old retro thing that I haven't played with before. Totally. I remember us talking about this when we talked about on the podcast last time, but there's so many pieces in here that feel like they could have been created in 2020. For example, the Frank Sinatra little lettering piece right here like that feels quite modern to me because so many people are reviving uh sans serif that had imperfections that were in it and i think that's like i don't know just something that makes this really special fun inspiration that i'm glad you picked this out for this for this shareable one because i need to reference this more than i do because it's just so inspiring to reinvent that yeah and i think you know It's inspiring for us. It's inspiring for musicians. You know, I was trying to pick a few links in here that you could send to people not in the design world that could still appreciate it. And I think like musicians could appreciate this. I think like my dad who just likes all these musicians can appreciate it, you know? So I think this one has some extra shareability built into it for some people outside of the design sphere. Shout out to dad too. Hi dad. Hey dad. But our next article it might be one of the more fun ones that we shared this this year. So I had to bring it up and it's by Vox and it is why the wingdings font exists. So this was a companion piece to our uh, episode about wingdings where I had a whole nerd alert where I was like, wingdings are so cool. This is their history. It's episode 38. I looked it up before this, if you're interested, but I think, you know, if you're not going to go back there, at least share this article. It's very shareable. It was written in 2015, but I think, you know, all information stands up and it's just like a hilarious recount of like wingdings history and the wacky history of wingdings. And no one knows this, but everyone knows wingdings and it's really fun. And it's way accessible for non-design people. Yeah. I love that. It's a fun article. It's great. 
It's fun. And so our final article is a little bit kind of out of the box sort of one. And that is the Art of the Title interview. So the Art of the Title is a blog that we love. It talks about different title sequences from TVs and movies, and I think is really connected to pop culture and does these deep dive investigations into how title sequences have been made. And so I wanted to put this in. It was an interview with the co-director of Uncut Gems, which was kind of this blockbustery movie that came out this last year, actually, but came out on Netflix this summer. So I think a lot of people were able to watch it. And it's just a wacky, intense thriller drama, I guess. And it's pretty dark. And so they have a really insane motion graphics rendered intro title sequence. And so they go into really insane depth about it. And I think it's really interesting for anyone that's seen the movie, but also for anyone that's interested in motion graphics, that's interested in typography. They talk to people that are veteran uh, title sequence designers, which I, I don't think get enough press because I'm so interested in how people think when they design titles. And I think that can be something that really sticks with people. Mm-hmm. So this has so many great references to other t- title designs, to the process. I think they did 50 renders for like a five second clip for this. So anyone that's sitting at their computer saying, I've been on After Effects for seven days straight. I don't even have a final output. Hopefully this will be encouraging in some way. I but remember that just- from college. We would let something run overnight and then wake up the next morning and be like, okay, I rendered for 13 hours. Shoot, I made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I remember those days in college too. So I think this is, you know, a little bit out of the box for us, but it's really fun. It's really shareable. And I think this blog in general, I encourage people to check out. It's just a labor of love and is also a gift to the internet. Shoot, that was a great, that was a great collection. There were obviously... Uh, dozens and dozens of amazing shareworthy things we put a lot of work into finding great stuff for everybody every week and these are some of the highlights but that just goes to show you know if you have a type loving friend who doesn't know about our newsletter about our podcast we'd be honored if you could share this with them and we could share stuff with everybody every week all next year. Yes, it's gonna. We got a fun lineup of ideas already boiling in our minds for next year. So we want to end with a happy, loving thank you to everybody out there who has been supporting us and listening and loving typography as much as we do. Absolutely. And we're excited to jump into next year with everybody. So stay awesome, stay safe, be wonderful, and happy holidays. We love you. Bye, everybody.